by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, today, uh, we got a special treat. I'd like for you to welcome up who's going to give today's message, Mr. Nicholas Mitchell. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everybody. Josiah, if uh, you know if I'm the one holding you back because you speak and then I preach, I'm sure you can just come up here now. I don't want to keep holding back my brother from his calling, you know. I can preach next week and you can come up right now. Uh, let's pray, church. Jesus, we thank you so much for allowing us to have fun in church, for allowing us to enjoy being your sons and daughters. And we thank you, Lord, for being here with us throughout this long journey that is life, that you never leave us, that you are always here with us. I pray, Father God, that you would speak to all of us today, that we would receive what you want us to do, and we would act it out every single day for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. I do not want to be here right now, and I do not want to preach right now. And every person that asked me this morning how I was doing, and I said I was doing good, I lied to him. I'm being serious. People are like, we go in the right place? We walk into a church? This man's supposed to encourage us right now? Well, now before y'all start judging me, have there not been times when you were supposed to read your Bible and you didn't want to do it? Were there times you were supposed to do a good deed and you didn't do it at all? Maybe there was one Sunday this year when you were supposed to come to church and you didn't come. Okay? I go to church more times a week than I can count. I'm in other ministries outside of Passion Church. I'm in more services than I can count. I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. But if I were to stop doing it, everything that I've done up to this point would have been a waste. And that's what I'm talking about today is don't get tired of doing the right thing. And for all the people that have been in church for 30 years, don't grow weary in well-doing. But for all the normal people, don't get tired of doing the right thing and finish your race. Keep going. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. Now, we know we're supposed to pray all the time, but we need to be specifically praying for all of the saints, all of the Christians, all of the time, and be thankful for the work they're doing and the loving deeds that they're doing. So if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be doing good deeds. Now, I'm going to be talking a whole lot about what we're supposed to be doing in our lives, so before I go any further, I want to clear one thing up. I'm not talking about a works-based faith, okay? But James said, faith without works is dead. And Paul said, we'll know them by their fruits, okay? So if you're not producing good fruit, I don't know if you're a Christian. I know you are a Christian because I see you doing these good things. I see God's Holy Spirit operating inside of you. All right, so we have to 
endure. Because we have Jesus, we are able to endure and go through hard times. I don't want to be standing here preaching right now because I had a rough weekend. Who's ever had a rough weekend, right? Who's ever had a rough month or a rough life? Rick's got both hands up in the air, okay? We go through hard times. We go through issues. We sin sometimes. Other people around us sin. It affects us. But we have to push forward and keep doing what we know to be the right thing. The basics have not changed. We have to continue to live for Jesus. Our next text is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It reads as follows. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. As a kid, you know, kids run around outside and they have fun. I was always the slowest kid. Didn't matter how skinny I was, didn't matter how tall I was, I was the slowest kid running. And not only that, I was the first one to run out of breath, too. So I didn't have any speed, I didn't have stamina. I had everything working against me. I hated running. So my whole life I've been physically active, doing crazy different things, skateboarding, taekwondo, having fun, exercising every day. I just didn't like to run. Hated every minute of it. So as an adult, I've been going to the gym trying to stay healthy, and me and Josiah kept saying, hey, we should run a race. We should run a 5K. But we kept saying it for a few months, but neither one of us got on the treadmill, neither one of us ran around the neighborhood. So I finally got on my phone one night right before Life Group started. Me and Ben are sitting in the living room, and I say, there's a race on April 22nd. We're going to run a 5K. So we get some guys together, and we say, all right, guys, we're going to run this 5K. We're going to do a couch to 5K training plan, and we start running three, four days a week, stretching all the time, still lifting weights, trying to start running because I knew I was bad at something, and I wanted to be able to do it. I wanted to prove something to myself. I wanted to get healthier. So... We got all these guys around us, and we get on this strict training plan. I'm talking, I didn't even eat sugar for like eight days leading up to the race. I didn't even have a piece of chocolate. I was taking it serious, okay? No root beer, no Sprite. So we're all working together. We're all running together. And God showed me so many things uh, that relate to our spiritual walk with Christ through this running process. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. I got other people around me helping me. I had people like Wes, who are personal trainers that know all this sort of stuff, okay? I got people like Dylan. Now, he's not the fastest in the group, but he's got the biggest biceps in the group, okay? So he told us what leg workouts to do. So I had all these people around us helping us and training us, okay? I don't know if I stole this from Pastor Guy or another preacher, but you learn two different ways. You can either learn from your mentors or from your mistakes, okay? Now, learning from your mentors is a whole lot easier, They've already been there, and you get to learn the lesson without messing stuff up. But if you're not going to listen to your mentors, then you're going to learn from your mistakes. So I'd encourage everybody in here, let's learn from our mentors. What have our mentors been telling us to do spiritually? Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. The basic stuff. Guys, I'm not going to come up here and say something awe-inspiring that you've never heard before. What I'm saying is we need to go back 
to the basics. We need to read our word. We need to pray. We need to do good deeds. We need to go to church. So I had men around me that were slower than me, okay? And I would encourage them to run faster. I had men around me that were faster than me. They'd encourage me to run faster. We held each other accountable. We got notifications on our phone when it showed us when the other guys ran if they didn't run with us. So we knew who skipped one of their three runs or one of their four runs that week. We knew what everybody was doing. So you need to have people in your life holding you accountable. You need to have somebody that you're asking, hey, what'd you read in the Bible today? Hey, have you been praying like you're supposed to be praying? Are you going to be at church Sunday? Okay, but you have to seek it out. You have to make it happen, okay? Because it sounds good. We, we can sit here and say, oh, yeah, accountability, that sounds great. You might do it for a day or two, but you have to be the one to seek it out. I was in a church service last week, and a young man came up to me after the preacher. He said, hey, can we start something? Can we text each other day, uh, t- text each other every day and hold each other accountable? I said, sure. I said, but you have to text me every day. He looked at me weird. He's like, are you going to text back? I said, yeah, but I've helped hold 50 young men accountable in my life, and they all fall off after a week or two. I said, if you want this, make it happen. You have to pursue it and text me every single day. And then another guy walked up and said the same thing. So then we got three young men all doing this together, and it's only been happening for a week. So they haven't fallen off in a week, so that's good. But what I'm encouraging you guys is we got to make it a lot longer than a week. However many more years you're going to be on this earth, it doesn't matter what sort of a saint you were. It doesn't matter who your dad was, what church you grew up in. You have to continue to live for Jesus today. In Hebrews 6, 11 through 12, it says, our, God, our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. We have to keep loving people forever. We have to maintain that endurance. It didn't matter that a month ago when Pastor Guy told me I was preaching today, asked me to preach, I told him the second he told me, I already told him what the topic was. The topic hadn't changed. God showed me the scriptures, showed me what to talk about if I let these last three days get to me and I didn't show up here and preach today. Because like I said, I'm, I'm not making this up, guys. I don't want to be here, okay? I don't. I can be real in church, right? But how many times have we not wanted to do the right thing, but we still have to do it? My students come into the classroom all the time. They're like, I don't want to read that book. I don't want to write that assignment. I don't want to take the test. I look at them and I say, I don't want to be at work. Like, we got to do things we don't want to do in life. Now, I love my job, okay? I love my job. We do things we don't want to do. That's called being an adult. That's called real life, okay? You got to do the right thing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. We have to maintain that endurance. Yesterday, we're at my friend's house, and like 10 guys take off running. We're, we're, he's got this huge yard, and we, we were out there uh, shooting guns, and we were running in to get some drinks, and these guys take off running. Now, I already told you guys I'm the slowest guy, and I run out of breath first, right? So even though I've been running all the time lately, I'm still not fast. So these 10 guys are running ahead of me. I come up. It's only like a, you know, a 10-foot jog, and it took me 20 minutes to do it. And so I finally get there bringing up the rear, and uh, 
they're all sitting down at the bench, but nobody ever said where we were running to. So I just ran a little bit past them and touched the tree. And I said, I was the first one to the tree. Okay. It doesn't matter how fast you run and how good you're doing. If you do not finish out. Now, of course, that was a joke. All my friends beat me there, but I went further than they went. I was watching a race this morning, uh, the CrossFit Games finals of 2020s. And these guys ran a certain preset distance that they told the athletes, the top 10 fittest people in the world, this is how far you're going to have to run. When they got there, there was actually a surprise in the race that they didn't know about. After they ran the entire course, the judge is standing there and he said, hey, you got to turn around and run back and, and do it all again backwards. Now, the first two guys, the first and second place, they're looking at him confused. Like, he already sat down on the ground. He just ran as fast as he possibly could to finish that race. And the judge threw him a curveball. He said, you have to go run the whole course backwards. The guy's like, seriously? He goes, yeah. And then they take off and start running. So they've already ran a faster pace at a shorter duration because they thought that was the preset agenda that they'd have to do. And then they had to turn around and try to make themselves go run twice as far after they've already laid all their energy on the line for this final race of what they had to do. It doesn't matter how fast they ran in that first half if they would have just quit right there. And said, well, I wasn't expecting on running twice as far today, so I'm done. Okay, now you're not the fittest man in the world. Now you're the 10th fittest, okay? But they chose to keep going and push themselves further. So however much you thought you were going to have to give, however much you thought you were going to have to do in this life that was any short of giving Jesus 100%, I apologize because that's what you have to give him. You have to surrender your entire life over to Jesus. You can't just incorporate Jesus into your life. Jesus isn't just the guy that you talk to when you need some help. Jesus isn't just the guy that you pray to when you're sick or that you call on when you don't have any money. Jesus needs to be the focal point, the center of your life, that everything else revolves around. You have to go the extra mile every single day and give him everything. If not for yourself, for everybody else. You already have salvation. You've already submitted yourself to the Lord. You've already been forgiven. What about the people around you? They're all watching you and waiting to see what you are going to do. I'm already saved. I already got Jesus. But what would have happened if I didn't show up at church today? Okay? You've got to be here. You've got to do what you are supposed to do. In Isaiah verse 40, 28 through 31, it says, chapter 40, excuse me. Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. In 1 Corinthians, it says, in your weakness, God's strength is perfected. In your weakness, God's strength is perfected. So we have to keep going. You're not strong enough to get through this life on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You receive power when God's Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he's giving you the power 
to do the things in your heart that you want to do. He's giving you the power to fulfill his commands and live for him every single day. So when you wake up like I wake up this morning and you don't want to go to church, God gives you the power to go to church. When you don't want to pray, when you don't want to read your Bible, when you don't want to do good deeds and help other people, God gives you the power. When you just want to sit around and sin, God gives you the power not to do it. God is able to do far above anything you can ask him to do. So we have to start trusting him. We have to maintain our endurance and allow God to work in our lives even when we don't want to do the right thing. In Job chapter 1 verse 22 it says, "In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God." Think about all the stuff you're raised in church, you know the story of Job. Terrible things happened to him. His entire family was killed. He lost all his possessions, had every sort of disease you could think of. Messed up stuff happened to Job. Harder stuff than any of us have ever gone through. But Job was actually counted as a man of great faith because of his endurance. He never sinned by blaming God, regardless of what was going on around him. You're going through trials. You're going through hard times, but don't blame God for it. Most of the time, we bring the issues on ourselves. Most of the time, if we would have listened to God to begin with, then we wouldn't be going through it. In Isaiah chapter 56, verses 1 through 2, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Be just and fair to all. Do what is right and good. For I'm coming soon to rescue you and to display my righteousness among you. Blessed are all those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who honor my Sabbath days of rest and keep themselves from doing wrong. So we have to always do the right thing. We got to be fair to everybody all the time. We have to do what is good all the time. We have to honor God. Keep his commands. Keep ourselves from doing wrong. Keep his Sabbath all the time. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, 20, and 22, it says this. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. So how often are you allowed to keep, uh, treat your wives harshly? Never. But what, but what if just, I mean, what if she just, you know talking out the side of her neck. Can I then? <laughs> what if she just really, you know, catches an attitude with me? Then can I treat her harshly? Yeah. Says never. Says children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. How often do children have to obey their parents? But what if they're telling them to do something that's not fun? You still got to obey them? Always. Then skip the next verse, 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Now today, thank God, none of us are actual physical slaves in here, but some people in this room are slaves. Some people in this room are slaves to sin right now. Okay? And so guess what? If you're a slave to sin, you're addicted to something, you're caught up in a cycle of sin, you always do what that sin tells you to do. But you can choose today to make yourself a bondservant to Christ. A bondservant is somebody who was a slave, but their, their master treated them so well 
took care of them. They were such a hard worker that they chose, instead of earning their freedom after they had worked for them for the set number of years, to stay and serve under their master. You can choose today to be a slave to Jesus. You're like, hold on, slave to Jesus? I thought Jesus was all about freedom and love and all this. He is, but I told you earlier, you got to give everything to God. The Christian faith isn't a halfway thing where you can just do some of it. Oh, I like this part of the Bible. I don't like this part of the Bible. I like praying, but I don't like going to church. That's not how it works. Jesus gave all of himself for you. He wants a relationship with you completely all the time forever. Not just when you come with your family to church. Not just when you go to a life group. All the time. Everything. Then it says, try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. So how often should I do what my manager tells me to do? All the time. Not, so just when he's looking is when I, I put my phone away and start doing what I'm supposed to do, right? All the time. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. So God's word is non-negotiable. Every command, every word that he wrote in the Bible, we have to do all the time. We don't get to pick and choose. I don't get to say, well, yeah, I, I follow all the commandments, but I really like doing this one sin over here. So I just do that one. No, we have to give everything to God. We're going to say, oh, man, I'm living perfectly. I don't sin at all, but I only curse when somebody curses at me first. I only curse when somebody cuts me off in traffic, right? Doesn't matter. If you committed one sin, you've committed them all. So again, it is impossible for you to earn an eternal life with Jesus. It's by grace that we are saved by faith. Okay? We have faith in Jesus. He loves us so much, and he allows us to live with him and have a relationship with him. But because of that, that doesn't give us a free ticket to sin and do whatever we want now because we're Christians. What that means is now we have his power giving us the ability to live right and to live for him. He saved us when we were still sinners, but we no longer have to remain sinners. We're now saints. We get to live for him. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 7, you were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? You were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? You know the right thing to do. You know you should be serving. If Passion Church is your local home, you know you should be serving on a team in Passion Church. You know you should read your Bible every day. Now, we don't all have to be like Big Joe and read our Bibles for four hours every day. I mean, that would be really cool if we could, but we're not all going to do that, okay? But we know we should read our Bible every day, whatever that looks like to you. We're not all like pastor guy who is going to walk around the sanctuary for six hours every day and pray and then still pray for an extra hour on Tuesday night when everyone else shows up to pray. But we still know that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to pray every single day. So if we know what we're supposed to do, and we used to be that person that was super involved in church. We used to be that person that would stop on the side of the road and give somebody a ride. We used to be that person that would reach out to somebody that was hurting, that was going through a hard time, and buy them lunch. We used to be that person that did all those things, but we're not anymore. What's holding you back? 
Where were we led astray? When did, when did I catch that lie in my mind that said like, oh, well, I used to be a youth pastor, but now I don't have to do anything. Like, I, I've already done that. Now, it's okay. God is going to move you through seasons and give you different tasks and assignments and things to do. You're going to serve in different positions and in different ministries, but you're supposed to be serving Jesus all day, every day. So what has held you back from following the truth? We know the truth. We know to live for God. We know to follow his commands. Why aren't we doing it? In James chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So we know the right thing. If you've been a Christian for any number of years, you know how to live. God's law is written on your heart. You know you're supposed to love God and love your neighbor the same way that you love yourself. Why aren't we doing it? It is a sin to not do something that you know you are supposed to do. So I'm encouraging us today to look forward and say, hey, maybe this is something in my life I know God wants me to do, but I'm not doing it. And now we can write that down and we can say, okay, I'm going to start doing that from now on. Okay? In Job chapter 2, verse 3, then the Lord said to Satan, the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest, finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Job had endurance. He kept going. He stayed away from evil even when everything was coming at him. Because here's the thing. I used to come to church every single Sunday, but now I got this job and they want me to come in early on Sundays. Okay? I, I used to read my Bible in the morning before I went to work, but now I'm too busy taking care of my kids and getting them out the door before I can read my Bible. I used to pray all the time, but then I got this job as a teacher where 30 different kids all want 60 different things at the same time, and I'm multitasking, so now I don't pray without ceasing. It doesn't matter what is coming against you. God's word has not changed. See, so many times we'll sin, and then we run away from God, right? We sin, and then we run away from God. But when we sin... God is standing there with open arms, loving us, ready to comfort us, ready to forgive us, ready to take us and elevate us to where we are supposed to be in relationship with him. But we're cutting him off. In Isaiah, it says that our sins has actually separated us from God. But we chose that. You can choose to sin and say, hey, God, I don't want to do that again. I want to get closer to you. But how many times when we sin do we just go, well, I guess I'm doing this again, instead of saying, hey, let me go pray and read my Bible and not do it again. You get to make the decision. It doesn't matter how long you've been going, how long you've been stuck up in whatever you are stuck in that you shouldn't be doing, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And God has a plan for you. But you're not going to know it if you run away every time you slip up. If you run away every time you stumble. You have to keep going. I was running with Wes in the park. I said we're going to talk about running today, right? So we're running in the park, and Wes is like 
a rabbit. He's jumping over all these crazy, like there's a 10-foot stream. He jumps over it. I had to run all the way around the stream. It's crazy. And there's just this teeniest, tiniest little root of a tree sticking out of the ground. And I'm so tired trying to keep up with Wes. I mean, look at him, right? I'm trying to keep up with him. And my foot hits the root. And I slam and I hit the ground. But I just bounce up. I keep going. We never stop running. Wes says, you good? I say, yeah, I'm good. Let's keep going. Okay? I could have stopped and said, well, I tripped. So now the run's over. I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm tired. We'll just walk back to the truck. But we kept running. We finished the race. So next time you stub your toe and you curse, don't say, well, I made it 87 days without saying the F word, but now I just curse again. I just did it, so now I'm going to go curse at somebody else. All right? No. Keep going. Finish the race. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. James 5.8 says, you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. And through some of this endurance that I'm talking about, guys, we got to have patience. Because the low times are the low times and I don't want to be there, but I got to be patient through them. The hard times are the hard times and I don't like it, but I got to be patient and I got to have that endurance and I have to make it through. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. I don't want to be the guy that used to live for Jesus, used to be a Jesus freak and tell people about his love and about his truth every single day. But then, well, I just got tired of doing that. And then Jesus comes back. I'm be like, yeah, I, I used to do all that stuff. But, you know, these last three years, I've, I've just been working on myself. I've just been taking care of myself. No, we have to keep doing what we have been called to do. Skip to the next verse. Verse 10 says this. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. See, we have things that we have to make it through. We have to make it through this time on earth. I don't know what's going on with you physically, mentally, with your family, with your job, with your finances, with whatever is going on in your relationships and your friends, with your relationship with God even. I don't know what is going on, but we have to make it through. God is honoring the people who make it through the suffering. Job was a man of great endurance, and God was kind to him at the end and gave him tenderness and mercy. God is going to give us mercy, but we have to make it through. It doesn't matter if you were baptized as a kid and then you never went back to church for the rest of your life. You have to endure. You have to fight the good fight and finish the race and keep going. Galatians Chapter 6, verse 5 through 10 states this. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Now again, Jesus did the final work on the cross. He loves us. He takes care of us. If you have asked Jesus to be in control of your life, you are going to heaven. And that's all it took. The man died on the cross right next to Jesus, accepted him right there, and he went to heaven. Okay? But... You didn't accept Jesus in your last moments of your life. 
If you've already accepted Jesus, you are called to live for him from that moment onward. So we have things to do. We have self-control that we need to be acting out. We need to actually act like a Christian. Don't just be a Christian when people ask you are a Christian. Some of us, the only time we're a Christian is when somebody asks, are you a Christian? Yeah. Ten minutes ago, I wasn't a Christian, though. Ten minutes ago, you know, I jumped out of my car. The clouds of smoke were billowing up. You know, the stuff playing on my radio, radio talking about murdering people. But as soon as you say, you're a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. It's the only time you're a Christian when people ask you if you're a Christian or are you actually responsible for your own conduct, practicing self-control, and living for Jesus every minute of every day. Now, that's a hard task to fill. None of us are perfect. But Jesus called us to live to his standard. None of us are able to, but that's who we measure ourselves against. We measure ourselves against Jesus, and we live how he lived, and we do what he did. And we honor him, and we follow him. Even though none of us are perfect, we keep getting closer and closer to the creation that God intended us to be. Verse 6, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. When I was a little kid, we had BGMC, buddy barrels, and we had these little barrels full of coins, and we'd gather all the coins we could from around the house, and we gave those coins, those 15 cents a week, to missionaries. And we were sending missionaries around the whole world with just pennies and nickels and dimes, because at a young age, my parents were teaching me to give your money to God, that everything belongs to God, okay? So we have to keep doing what we know is right. At a young age, my parents taught me, hey, and now guys, I'm not preaching to give a 10% tithe today, okay? 10% tithe is the bare minimum law in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus says, give everything, okay? The woman with the two mites, that was all her money. The rich young ruler, he said, sell everything, give it to the poor, and follow me. Jesus doesn't want you to give 10% of your money to the church. Jesus wants 100% of your money to go to God. If you're tithing 10% to Passion Church every week, praise God. Great. That's a start. But then if you spent your money on one thing this week that God didn't want you to spend your money on, you really haven't given him your finances. I can give 10% of my paycheck every week to God. But if God didn't, and I know I'm broke, and God didn't want me to buy that ice cream cone, and I bought the ice cream cone, I just sinned. I just wasted money on something that God didn't want me to purchase. So we have to get to a point where everything that we have, we hand it to God. Because he's the one that's given it to all of us. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We have to keep doing the right thing. We have to keep following God's commands. We have to keep living for Jesus. Because if we do, then we are going to get that blessing. Then we are going to get that harvest. 
but we can't give up. If you give up right now, everything you worked on was a waste of time. What I realized when I started running, it didn't matter if, we, if I was running 10 steps on my first run or three miles or whatever it was. There was always a point in every single distance, a little voice would pop in my head and say, you can just walk now. Every single time. It doesn't matter how fast we were going, how far we were going. When I got tired, when I started getting somewhere along where it got a little more rough, there was a voice that said, it'd be okay to walk for a little bit. Just take a little rest. And when we left the race that day and I got back home and I sat on my couch, I started crying because I never want to listen to that voice. I never want to listen to the voice that says, oh, you don't have to go tell that guy about Jesus in the grocery store. I never want to listen to that voice that says, you don't have to read your Bible three times a day. I don't want to listen to that voice that says, you don't have to pray all the time. I don't want to listen to that voice that says, that you don't have to go to church this Sunday. There's a voice that says, hey, it's okay to quit. It's okay to stop. But we have to ignore that. It says the word of God, take every thought captive. Only dwell on things that are real and pure and true and eternal. But we have the mind of Christ. So we speak against those things when they pop into our head. And we say, no, I'm following the word of God. I'm doing what God tells me to do. I'm not just slowing down because it's hard and because it's uncomfortable, and because it hurts, and because it's painful, and because we're going through hard times, I'm going to push forward, and I'm going to keep living for Jesus. I'm going to keep doing what's right. I'm going to keep following his commandments. In verse 10, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So verse 10 is telling us that all of the time, we have to do good things to everybody. So that means that uh, when we're having a, a church potluck, that's when I should feed people, right? I should never feed anybody other than that time. Or, or when I'm walking in church on Sunday morning, that's when I should hold the door open for a lady, because that's when the Christians are around me and they see me. I, I shouldn't hold the door open at the restaurant. All the time. We have to do good things all of the time. It's not half of the time. It's not most of the time. We have to make a decision to live for Jesus all day, every day. And it's hard. And there's going to be days that are harder than others when you don't want to do it. But that's when we lean on Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 9 through 10. Is that right? Oh, it must be Second Corinthians. I said the wrong thing. In your strength, in your weaknesses, strength is made perfect. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. My apologies. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Each time he said, this is Jesus speaking, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses 
and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When you feel like you can't do the right thing, God will give you the ability and the strength to do the right thing. When you feel like you can't stop sinning, Jesus will give you the strength and set you free. When you feel like you can't pray, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to pray. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. When you feel like you can't read your Bible, click the play button on the Bible app and listen to it. Okay? We have so many tools and we need to utilize them. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. And can I just tell you guys, I started liking running. It got fun. I got to hang out with my friends at some times when I wouldn't have gotten to hang out with them. I got to do cool things, see new places. It was really, really fun. But it was also really, really hard and rough. This walk with Jesus is really, really hard and rough sometimes, but it's also very, very fun. So even though I didn't necessarily want to stand here and preach this sermon because I've had a rough weekend, I'm still thankful. I still have the joy of the Lord. I still have his peace. I still get to live with him and follow him and honor him. So if I in any way today made you sound like Christianity was going to be like just strict and dull and boring and you were going to hate it, no, no, that's not the truth at all. I have nothing without Jesus. I take this so seriously because the place I was before I had Jesus was so bad. Because me uh, waking up and having no food to eat for three days because I had spent all my money on drugs, like, guys, that was really, really bad. So now I take it so seriously that I'll never go back anywhere close to any of that. I don't even want the teeniest, tiniest piece of sin to creep in. Because once you let a teeny, tiny little piece of sin creep in, then you just keep going. You just keep going. So whatever it is, no matter how small it is, that's what I'm trying to say is we have to keep moving forward and do the right thing. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's smiling on you right now. He's proud of you. You make him happy. But also there's some groundwork we got to do. That's what I'm trying to lay out, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. So I don't want anybody to think that I was coming down on you saying, hey, you're a bad Christian, you're not doing everything you're supposed to do. No, I know you're already doing it. I know you're already living for God with your whole heart. But there's something for everybody that we can do just a little bit better. There's a piece of our lives that we can hand over to God. There's somewhere that we can have more endurance. So whatever that might be for you, think about that. And then it says finally in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And I want everybody in this room to be able to say that. I don't want us to say, well, like, I started the race. I love Jesus, but I didn't keep going. That sounds a lot worse. I want to be able to say what the scripture says. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race, and I have remained faithful. I kept going. I kept living for Jesus my entire life. 
So if there's anybody in here that says, hey, I'm not running this race that you're talking about. I'm running, but I'm not running with Jesus. I'm running on my own, doing my own thing. And today I want to choose once and for all to give my whole life over to Jesus. I'll just ask everybody to close your eyes for me real quick. Bow your heads. If there is anybody in here that says, hey, I'm not a Christian. I don't do these things that you're talking about every day. Or I haven't accepted the free gift of life that Jesus is offering me. I'll just ask you to put your hand in the air. Is there anybody that says, hey, I want to live for Jesus? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.